Hello and welcome to the Legendary Frogcast. I am your host, Joseph Blanchett, and with me is Mark Schneider. Well, hello, everybody. I haven't been here in a long while. Is a just normal podcast host, yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody, you haven't done any uh, film commentaries and for me to ruin movies for everybody. Yeah, I wonder why we haven't invited you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a reason yet. Maybe there's a reason you haven't been a guest. Because nobody wants to watch Abel Gantz's five and a half hour Napoleon from 1927. Nobody wants to watch it. I do. <laughs> but uh, if it's just us, what, what the heck are we talking about? Like, what do well, we two have in common? Well, let's see. I don't. I don't like World of Warcraft. No. Uh, I don't play Fortnite. No, you don't like Smash Brothers. You don't play. I mean, you don't, don't watch God. Marvel movies. No, I mean, sometimes I do. But you don't and watch you, all. You... You don't watch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be some sort of game. It must be some sort of game with dungeons and or dragons. And or dragons. Ah, but Pathfinder. Pathfinder. We're talking about yeah. Pathfinder 2E. <laughs> um, all the we, changes. No, we, we will be talking about Dungeons & Dragons 1, D&D 1, as well as the upcoming... 1D&D. 1D&D, sorry. 1D&D. The 1D&D to rule them all. As well yep. as the sort of uh, Unearthed Arcana and playtest materials they have for the 2024 Player's Handbook. Yep, um, I'm not going like, to go over it like... Like here's all the changes, but um, as a D and D players and DMs, um, I just wanted to kind of chat about like what changes are coming um <laughs> in the next uh, year and a half or so, and how the game's gonna be different or not different. So, uh, yeah, for I mean, people who haven't heard um, podcast you're in, what was your experience with D and D? Oh, me. So you? I started playing. I think like January 2018 or so. Uh, I started roughly around the time when uh, Campaign 2 of Critical Role started, so I uh, could jump in, jump in watching that. Um, but uh, played for a while, started DMing for a group of friends, started playing uh, Adventures League, the organized public play, uh, and then started DMing for a local game store, and then COVID happened, so... And was doing online stuff with with Joey and everybody else who's who we usually have that you if you fans at home may have listened. Yeah, um, um, yeah, and, you uh, DM for us before the pandemic. Um, yes, a few times. that's true. I did, I did, I did DM before the pandemic, but the pandemic kind of like shot the uh, shot the uh, Adventures League stuff out of the out of the sky, and all yeah, my and beloved that, characters went unplayed. I remember it's like. Um, Icewind Dale was a book that came out during the pandemic, and you, we were like, Mark, run this for us, please. <laughs> we need stuff to do. And we got through about two-thirds of it. Pretty good two-thirds of it, honestly. Yeah. I've been um, listening to a, another podcast, like, run through. They did some stuff that we didn't do, but they kind of got past the point yeah. we were, and uh, they're at this big, like, underground city. I think that's where we were heading. Yeah, it was, you go to some. I, I didn't read ahead, but you go to some sort of like snowflake island, and there's more, way more stuff to do there. Yeah. And um, yep. And you play in our D and D games as a player and a DM. And um, yep. If you want to listen to that, it's a uh, Anchor FM slash Elfrog D and D. You don't, you don't have like a uh, a dedicated URL, like a domain. I mean, no. Well, if you go to legendaryfrog.com. Oh, there you go. Okay, legendaryfrog.com. Yeah, on the legendary lily pad, famous forums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's not anything now. I think we talked about that. It's just a, yeah. it's just a, uh, um, a link tree. Yeah. Now. I was like, <laughs> it's like honestly, like, why do I need the web page anymore? It was just a place for people to go for my old movies, and I can just link to my YouTube page. So exactly, and, and there's no more big old flash animator fan sites things anymore the demand yeah. is kind of gone for that so i mean Newgrounds still has its uh its niche especially if you're an animator where yeah. where youtube just kind of ignores you nobody cares nobody cares i care it's, it's, it's where i wish that joe murray's uh old kickstarter from like a decade ago kind of kind of worked where it was gonna want to get like original animated content and like a and like a service but it didn't pan out how he wanted and now we're just stuck with youtube <laughs> 
Yep. But so so that in, is neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, in my in my side, uh, Mark was my first DM. Um, so I played his games for a while, and then I felt the itch to do it myself. Um, so I've uh, that's why I started the podcast, and I've uh, DM'd a, a few campaigns with him and other groups. And... <laughs> yeah, we're we're the two main DMs of our of our group. Yep, um, and, and luckily there's two of us, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we're not forever DMs. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, if it wasn't for, like, your, um... It's mostly with the other group of players, but it's like... It's like, yeah, we, we play Dragon Heist and a couple of other things. It's like, I get a chance to be a player still. And yeah. just that, DM that's, all the time. That's the thing. There, there are perks to DMing. It is always yeah. your turn when you are playing. It is never not your turn unless the characters are role-playing. But you have to prep a lot of things, unless you are really good at improv, which I am not. <laughs> That's why I only run uh, pre-written adventures now, because um, yeah. it's like, I don't have the time to come up with an adventure every week. <laughs> I did that for a little bit, and then, like it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I still want to give it a try at some point, maybe with the spell jamming stuff that came out. But oh, yeah. we'll have to see. So um, I would not consider myself an expert at the rules, because I am constantly... Like, Defer, deferring to me, mostly you, because <laughs> like, like, okay, if you're grappled, what does this mean? And it's mostly like, um, I, I'm pretty sure I know, but it's like, well, do you get advantage? I forget, and the answer <laughs> was no. Um, yeah. actually, it's going to change a little bit. Um, oh yeah, then we'll we'll definitely talk about that. And yeah, I so, am, I am not. I wouldn't put myself as an expert, but I put myself in somewhere like advanced. Sort of that. I, I I don't know everything off the top of my head, but I played a lot yeah. where like a lot of things that come up, you do, and I know where to look when you need to be like, what is the rule for this? And and I also know the most important rule, which is that if it takes you way too long to find it, you just call an audible make and it. make up the rule yourself. Yep. You just um, say, Does everybody I, agree with this? Here we go. Yeah, it, like really, like <laughs> when I started DM, I just basically I read very little of the rules. I just kind of took what I knew and how you did the rules. And like as stuff came up, I just kind of went with it. Um, so sort of like, how you that's sort of how you learn as you go because there are yeah. so many rules and there are, it is a game that is open to interpretation yeah. as much as it tries to to gamify things. It is still a matter of you can do whatever you want, and the DM is supposed to essentially come up with the rules on the spot. Yep, yeah, and like um, you know, I was a player for a while and listened to podcasts for a long time, so it's like. Yeah. I kind of know what's going on, especially in a in five e. Um, so five e came out in two thousand fourteen. Uh, the rules stayed pretty static, and so they start. And but every few years they would release like companion books, especially like 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 Tasha's Guide to Everything was a big one. Where Tasha's, I'd say if if so, I based on when I started playing was I think a little bit right after uh, Xanathar's came out. Like Xanathar's was like the first big one where it said here are more subclasses, and then yeah. Tasha's Wars. Here's more ways of how to how to play these kind of things, and then they just kind of the multiverse uh, monsters was as well as fizzbags uh, were uh, sort of making getting all of those things into a more modern yeah. the, the more modern rules that they're trying to do, and those, yeah, those most were like of, the big book releases. Most of the books came with like more subclasses, um, but it's like it was Tasha that really started messing with like. Here's some just yeah. replacement rules, like they can just <laughs> do instead of the ones that are in the the um, Dungeon Master yeah, Guide Player Handbook. Because Ranger, some of the Ranger subclasses were just like weak and broken, and that's one of the things where they really fixed it up. Yeah, and they said like you can put, um, yeah, you can just put ability scores like wherever you want. Um, you, instead you of like being predetermined. Have, yeah, you did sort of had that with uh, things, especially not necessarily with like classes and things like that and races, but with backgrounds, you didn't have to actually stick with backgrounds. You could make up your own based on some rules. And mm. it was just a little little weird about how you get your little your little background feature, because those were there was those were just all sort of like role play based abilities. Yeah. Um, so rather, backgrounds is another thing that they're they're fixing. But um yeah. But like the rules have been kind of static except for like little additions here and there. Um mm. but five D has just worked out so well in terms of like popularity, ease of use, and just the quality of the rules. Um not saying it's perfect, but like no. it, it was it like it, it, it was like more successful than like 4E. Yeah. Less confusing than like 
It was designed to be onboarding, and it's been doing so well as well as with like Twitch and streamers and things like that, and people actually, you know, getting into it beyond just osmosis via stereotypes and like nerd jokes. Um, So it's like, well, now we don't really need to onboard anybody anymore. It's been eight years, and I guess it'll be ten when the the next player's handbook comes out. They obviously don't want to go to a a straight up sixth edition. Yeah, and just start over because everybody just knows this and is already just playing it really well and they're having fun. Uh, and so I like what they're doing, which is they're basically making a backwards compatible sort of thing. So where it's probably kind of like a D and D seven point five, you know, like I feel we're at a D and D five point uh, five point five right now, and the next one's going to be like five point seven five. Yeah, so it's like let's take the rules that we've kind of messed with with like additional <laughs> like. And just take what we've learned in the past 10 years with, like, player feedback. And um, yeah. it's not enough of a change to make it, like, 6th edition. Yeah. Um, so so they're just dropping the the edition part of it and saying, like, this is just Dungeons & Dragons. Like, we're happy with this rule set. We don't think we need to change it. Yeah. On the most basic level. Um, and so we're just... This is going to be D and D. I'm looking backwards. It's like most of the time when editions change, like in the 80s and stuff, mm-hmm. is because like rights issues. Like, yeah, I'm sure like a third edition or or second edition came along because like I don't know one of the original owners. It's like took some of the rule sets or they mm-hmm. changed like they changed ownership, so they had to make a new version. So this is this is where we need Bun because he would he knows this stuff. But yeah, so well, you know, but like my, my brief understanding is that they basically had Dungeons and Dragons and whatever like the original thing was was Chainmail or whatever. I was actually reading this the other day, um, and then they had Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and I guess that's like the the second edition or whatever. But SG. eventually TSR was was running out of money; they were going out of business, something like that, and. Uh, Wizards of the Coast ended up buying them. I think Mark Rosewater, who is on the Magic the Gathering development team, was like a real big push to get that. I remember him talking about it in a podcast a long time ago. Uh, I could get that information wrong. But Wizards of the Coast did buy it, and they came out with 3.0. They then came out with 3.5. And then shortly after that, they came out with 4.0, which which upset people because of how fast they came out with it, and then how much of a change it was. And then Was it 3.0 Wizards? 3.0, from what I read the other day, was like the first one that Wizards had. Okay, I mean they, they've sure. owned D&D for longer than I. I know like five a 3.5 was Wizards. That was around 2000. That's like one like the Solid Citadel came out. Um, Let's see, editions of Dungeons and Dragons. 19 uh, 2000 was the third edition. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition was 1989, and then revised in 1995, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, because like I know, I think three point five was like the rules were getting way too complicated. We had too many books contradicting each yeah. other. Like we have to like you know unify this again. That's kind you of what's happening here. But, uh, yeah, you uh, do have to reset things after a while, otherwise the game breaks under its own weight. Yeah, uh, but that hasn't quite happened here. There's there are a lot of books, um, but like they're not drastically changing how you play each time. Um, but yeah, they did it's, release... been a very, it's been a very good way to uh, of being additive without adding too much extra stuff. It's more like, here are more options, and yeah. here's a refinement of things. Mm-hmm. And um, they did release a Unearth Arcana, which is <laughs> their kind of like test play material. Uh, they said they're going to be releasing stuff like this like basically almost every month until um, 2024, when the new like player handbook is supposed to release. Yeah. Um, D&D 1 is um, not the name of it. It's just like the um, umbrella term that they're using for like the, the unified. The, the shared cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get into like the stuff um, they're kind of changing, um, you know, they're going to integrate um, D&D Beyond more because they purchased that this year. Required, um, yeah. There's going to be like digital physical bundles. There's going to be a virtual tabletop, um, which is like it's not like Roll20 where you're just on a grid with little tokens. Like, it's going to be in a 3D environment with, like, models that you move around. 
probably going to be more of a, a, a game based because uh, it's being done in Unreal, I believe. So it's going to be more game based rather than like web browser sort of base, which is what Roll Twenty yeah. is. Oh yeah, it's like it's going to be like Unreal is going to be a, a game client. But it does look like it'll be. It looks like it'll be nice for measuring that you don't have to play in the grid. You can just play like war war gaming rules where you can just measure how far you're you're going. Uh, yeah, like there's no <laughs> like for my star. There's like, well, they just showed a little bit of a test room. Yeah. But there, there weren't any grids or anything like that. Um, so I'm doing that's gonna. I don't know when that's coming. Probably in probably next year we'll have like a beta. Then it'll probably come out when the new rules come out. Um, but they did release an author Kana for a, for a character creation with a few uh, revised rules. So I just want to kind of just go over a few of the things. Yes, and if you if you want to get a copy of this, uh, they are doing it through D and D Beyond. So you'll have to, I believe, sign up for that, and you can start, look into the the beta material. Yeah. Um, if, if you go to sources, it's like front and center at the top there. Yeah. Um, but one thing they're doing is. Uh, they're um, really expanding character creation in terms of, like personalizing it more. Um, one thing they're doing is making backgrounds more important um, by allowing you to have a feat. And, and feats... this this comes at a, a cost of they've taken out the background feature that backgrounds come with, and they're saying here are you can take a feat that is now level based, take a first level feat as a background option. What do you mean by background features? So, so if you in current game, uh, if you when you're making your character, as you still do, you you pick a race, you pick a class, you pick a background, uh, and all those come with skills, abilities, uh, bonuses, languages, equipment, and whatnot. So, what the current thing does is that at the background, you generally get uh, two abilities, and then you get a combination of skills and or languages or tools. Uh, skills, tools, and languages. Uh, but you also get a background feature, which is basically oh, yeah. a little bonus, little game sort of a, a more uh, role play type mechanic. Oh yeah, it's than... like how my uh, Goliath was like a folk hero, so people kind of knew him going into towns. Like that's not a thing anymore. Right. So yeah, they they basically taken that out, and that's being replaced with you choose a feat. Okay. And it also looks like, um, uh, so they, they give you a whole bunch of sample backgrounds, but they are specifically saying, this is a sample background. You don't have to pick this. You can make your own, especially with no background features anymore. It's a lot easier now. You just tell us, here's what you can pick instead, uh, which is what you could do currently. You can make your own background by picking these certain things or swapping them out. But uh, it it's kind of like people don't generally do that. They just pick the background uh, and just go with that. Yeah, and now they're all like standardized. About you get two skill proficiencies, you get one tool, and you get one language, like across the board. Yeah. They're putting that information front and center and saying you don't have to use these ones. Make your own if you feel more comfortable. Yeah, because you can basically do whatever you want. Um, yeah, with with those things, it's not gonna break anything. Um, and they have like feats used to be universal, but now they're gonna have um, uh. Level Levels. requirements on the feats that you can use during character creation. Yes. So uh, they've only released first level feats, and who knows if these are going to be all of them, but still playtest material. Um, and a lot of them are ones that we kind of already have uh, that have been sort of touched up and sort of re... Uh, they, they kind of fixed up the language a bit, so the rule is more clear of what it does. Everything has like a keyword now, so it tells you like this is the rule and this is what it, this is what this means. Um, I would compare them a little bit to uh, the Eldritch Evocations. Uh, they're more uh, along the lines of that, um, but a little more versatile. Yeah, and they've been doing this um, in the game already, like in Strixhaven, <laughs> um, which is like a magic school setting. I guess it's not required, but you're basically supposed to select like a um, magic, like a Strixhaven student uh, feat. Uh, or, or, right. or a background, which gives you, like, magic student feet, which gives you magic spells. Um, right. And that's kind of unique to that setting. Uh, but in the, um, in the Spelljammer book that just came out, um, I think both of those backgrounds give you a level one feat, just as part of it. 
They they do. And the other than that, the only way that you could really get a level one feat was playing the variant human, which is instead of getting one skill bonus across the board because uh, they're vanilla creatures, they're the basic ones you start with. Um, you would get a feat at level one, mm-hmm. which is really nice when you take heavy armor master and you <laughs> in tier one you are all of your bludgeoning damage or all of your basic damage done to you is reduced by two. Yeah, super good at level one. <laughs> um, the, I was reading the new. Uh... Like the new human gets uh, two feats at level one. Like oh, they get the background feat and uh, and the racial feat. Yeah. Well, actually, let's go through that. So we talked well, a little bit uh, about the backgrounds. Unless you want to talk a little bit more about feats first. I was going to say, like, I, I made a character for the spelljammer thing, and I took one of the spelljammer uh, backgrounds. And I, in my mind, it's like, in a way, like I'm just more powerful than everyone who doesn't take this feat. Just because I took something new, like I took a thing that basically gives me extra hit points. Yes. Um, and if someone like takes like I don't know, the cook feat at level three or four, <laughs> um, like I also get a, a, a feat at level four. I assume. Yeah. The uh, it was so the reason I would generally take the human the human to make a uh, to take a feat at level one was when I had an interesting build I wanted to try out that started with feet. So I want to make yeah. like a, a tavern, a tavern worker character. So I wanted the tavern brawler feet at level one because you know it just kind of fits the character. Um, not trying to min max or anything, but trying to be more flavorful. And that those kind of builds benefit from having more options. And normally you don't get options until level three and four. Yeah, so this is a lot better in that way. Like yeah. um, if you wanted to be like um, like it lets you personalize your character level one, like you said. Like, if you want to be, like, a tavern brawler guy, you can just take a level one, and you'll just have it. If you want to be um, a street uh, musician, um, I don't know if they still have the entertainer feat, but they have a, uh, or a background, but they they have a musician one where you can, like, play music during short rests and give give inspiration to people, stuff like that. They do still have gladiator, which, and they 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 do have entertainer, which basically gives you, really the only difference here is um I guess entertainer's a background. It's not a feat. Yeah, entertainer's a background, but they do have musician feet. But they do have they did have some sort of uh musical talent feat, I believe, uh for the current edition, which I forget. I could be mm. wrong about, but there are ways of doing that. Yeah, so for the most part, these generic backgrounds are just kind of like sample backgrounds. Um but you can personalize it, give yourself certain skills, a certain feat. Um, the the other really interesting thing, actually, if I can bring this up, is that they are making equipment, like, they have rules for starting equipment. So usually you'd either start with the equipment that was in the background, or you would start with a, num- a certain amount of gold. Uh, and now they're saying you start with 50 gold to buy equipment, and you get anything left over from, you keep any gold that you, you don't use. And it looks like, and I haven't gone through and calculated, but it looks like all of the equipment that they've done for their sample backgrounds... Um, Take what what those are worth, and then give you the rest of the gold after that. Which is probably how they calculated the first way. They just didn't throw it in the rule book. They just you know did it back yeah. uh, the background. Well, they, but they, it all, they, it's also I'm sorry. Go ahead. They made all the tools and stuff the same price. Um, yeah, it's about to say that, that too. Easier. Yeah, yeah. So tools and instruments all have uh, a set price as well as gaming gaming things. So there's a bit you lose a bit of realism of that because a tambourine is not going to be the same as a, a lute. Obviously, but they're but now gameplay wise. There's there's no difference between a loot gameplay and wise. There's no difference role play yeah. wise and realism wise. There are differences. Yeah. So it's the trade off like, that you have for for making something gamified versus real. And yeah. Sometimes like, the gamification is more important. And there's no class stuff in here yet, but like, right. um, wonder if they'll do something similar with um, the class you get about like, what weapons you get. <laughs> Um, yeah, because that's I want. I am interested to see if they they do something different with like how weapons are are organized and how how they're given out. Because for the most yeah. part, it's just two sets of weapons, and then some classes just have certain weapons you get rather than the entire martial or or simple. But yeah, there's some like really weird quirks that I've come across. It's like um, scimitar is like this is mechanically the same as a short sword, except it's like. Slashing instead of piercing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that but, makes sense. Go ahead. But, um, like, 
they're two different proficiencies. It's like if you know a, a short sword, like, well, why can't you use a scimitar? And like right. one time, like like Randy in one of the games, he got a like a really awesome plus two scimitar with like a special ability to it, but he wasn't proficient. It's like, well, <laughs> like, well, why wouldn't you be? You're a rogue. It's like, it's just a sword. Yeah. Um, so I just basically gave it to him because it's you know it just more fun that way. So like right. I wonder down the road when they start doing like weapons and stuff if they're if they'll uh, standardize. There are there is actually two weapons that are accidentally identical. Uh, there are two of the pole arms. I forget which two, but there are two pole arms that are the same weight, the same cost, and the same type of damage. There's literally no mechanical difference between the two. Yeah, <laughs> and that was probably an oversight yeah, uh, from when they were fixing things and releasing the game. But that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're having a discussion about like a. About um, firearms versus crossbows. It's like, well, what's like, what's the difference between a hand crossbow and a gun, in like, like gameplay wise? And you say, like, well, there really isn't any. Um, it's, it's like the range of the weapon, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah, like and the cost. sound it makes. Honestly, okay, a, well, a, you're not going to have a silencer on the on a musket esque weapon. That's true. <laughs> um, but like one costs like two hundred gold. One costs a hundred yeah, gold. Yeah. Um, so like, but that's not part of this. Um, so another thing with races. Um, yeah, let's move over to races now. That's the other thing they yeah. showed up. So uh, you'll be able to. Um, one thing that I noticed right away is that there's no more half orc and half elf as race options. Um, yes. They basically said you can choose like mixed race lineages if you want. Um, it's really nothing complex or special about it. It's just if you want to be a half orc, half Half dwarf, um, you can do it. Just um, you just have to pick one of the races um, that your racials come from. Yeah, they have. They basically separated out the physical characteristics, which are mostly don't matter in game. Cosmetic, yeah. Cosmetic, mostly cosmetic, not entirely, but mostly as what from the actual mechanical things, skills, mm-hmm. and like racial abilities and things like that. And they've gotten the. Um, the lineage route, which is if you've, I, I think it's, I want to say it started with um, uh, the, uh, oh, was it the, 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 the Strahd universe? Ravenloft. Ravenloft, yeah. I want to say it started with Ravenloft is that you had some of the, the, the more custom lineage and then they sort of moved it, all of their other races over to have, uh, mo- many of them to have this sort of lineage sort of yeah. aspect to it rather than having a sub race where it's just like you are essentially this sub race and you get these things at level one, three and five or, or so and so. And they've gone that route, which is a lot nicer for options because you get more options at these early levels. Yeah. But at the cost of having a half orc rather than an orc, which is now a normal race. Yeah. Uh, well, I know with um, like half elf and elf and it was like, you basically get everything an elf gets, um, but instead of like plus <laughs> one to all your stats, you get like plus one to three stats, and that was yeah. kind of like the only difference. And then with like orc, well, well half orc, um, you have the thing where you go to one hit point if you get killed, yeah. and they have like a critical, um, extra critical dice, which is now a feat actually. Yeah, <laughs> and then the orc, like the straight up orc, was the same thing but without the critical dice. Yeah, the the orc was. Almost strictly weaker, but the orc wasn't a normal race that came out in the uh, yeah. the, the first monsters book where you could also be kobolds and other stuff as well. Yeah, because I was like, um, like this thing about character ideas. Like, I really wanted to be an orc. It's like, well, half orcs are just better. It's also like, very weird to have just half orcs and elves because yeah, you're suggesting that they only have offspring with humans, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. And um yeah, so they don't have half elf and half orcs as uh race options anymore. Um but if you want to be a half orc, um There's nothing stopping you. Like well, if if you wanna you can be a half orc and have human stats. It's like yeah. nothing's stop you. Or you can be a half orc with orc stats. And if you want the old um uh racial with the crit, then that's a feat you can get. So So it's it's more streamlined as well as more versatile, um, which seems kind of counterintuitive, but they managed to. It's kind of like they're doing. They, they fixed up the things that were a little less gamey 
and made them better for gaming, and they they fixed up the things that were more not done well cosmetically and made them better for cosmetics. I mean, in a way, it's like they're kind of saying they're giving you permission, like, hey, you could be a gnome and just play <laughs> elf stats. Like, we're not going to stop yeah. you. Um, and really, it, it I mean, there it, there's no real reason that you can't do that as long as the mechanics are balanced. It yeah. may be weird, but if you're coming up with your DM saying, yeah, I've got elf powers because I'm secretly a, an elf transformed into that was just shrunk down. You know, you yeah. do that. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 personally, if I want to play a race, I want to, like, go into that race in detail. But, yeah, yeah it's like, kind they, of saying, they, like, you could be a halfling and just have orc stats. Like, yeah. nothing is really going to stop you. They have they have moved away from being rigid sort of these characters yeah. these types of races are always evil these type of races blah 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 you know they've moved away from that because they realize people don't like being restricted by that if you want to play a kobold in a setting that doesn't have a lot of kobolds mm-hmm. why not and you know why it, it doesn't make sense to have those sort of things beyond sort of here's the lore of the universe um, things but I do also yeah. I do want to bring up that. They basically, in these playtest materials, they have all of the major races minus the, the halves, uh, replacing them with the full version. So instead of a half-orc, you have a normal orc. Uh, instead of a half-elf, you have a normal elf. And then they have the sub-races for those. The basic sub-races are those as the lineage races. Um, yeah, so you get different, more... you get different um, racials based on like the sub-race that you choose. Yeah. They don't, they don't have they don't have like all ten or twelve type of of uh of um tieflings anymore. They only have like three. But we do have a new race that I don't know if it exists in D D prior to this, but they are called Ardlings, and they are essentially tieflings, but for celestials, if I have that right. Yeah, so what they were talking about, um I remember watching a, a video about um celestials in D D. And in earlier editions, um, they were kind of like beast people. Like, they would have, like, animal heads. Um, so that's what these, um, what they called them? Oogling? Ardlings. Ardlings. Oogling's. Ardlings are basically people with animal heads. Kind of like, you know, Anubis and things like that. Um, and they're, right. yeah, they're the opposite of tieflings. And really similar to Asimar. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They seem to be, they, they sound like they're going to be the replacement for Asimar, as Asimar are just kind of like celestial kin, but yeah. more like angels or fallen angels. angels. And these ones are going to be just, you know, in general. I mean, Asimars are uh, still in the, you know, are still a race option. Um, so, but this is like the, yeah, the opposite of Tiefling. And one more thing they did. Um, oh, no, Asimar. You said Asimar are still, uh, I didn't see them in here. Did I read over them? Asmar are in the multiverse of uh um, Oh oh you mean you mean that they're they haven't gotten rid of them. Just with the play of test materials, the Ardlings are the kind of like the new main version of that. I gotcha. Yeah, I think yeah, they I mean, would be in the player's handbook if, if if this is you know I mean we'll we'll find that out, but we will like here's the thing is that they are also making this backwards compatible. So you will still be able to use all of the books you still have. Yeah, uh, and all the old races. If you want to play, and if you want to go ahead and play the old-fashioned kobold with the minus two to strength, and the good old grovel cower and beg, you can still play that. You still play it, uh, but that's what the um, Monsters of the Multiverse book was. It was updating all the um, non-standard races. Yes, uh, to be up to, to be like up to par with what they're doing here. Uh, one, one thing they're doing with um races and backgrounds is is that the uh, bonus stats are not coming from your race anymore they're officially tied to your background yes you get to you get to pick oh did i have that i might have that wrong i'm looking over it right now yeah you don't you don't actually add um the races just give you essentially speed creature type size which you can generally choose between small and medium it really doesn't matter lifespan and then a couple of abilities and then if you have a lineage, something based on that lineage, which generally has it for the couple, first couple of levels. Um, yeah. Oh, also, Dragonborn, get Dark Vision. Which is weird that they didn't. 
Yeah, so like I'm looking at on like a cultist, they have a plus two intelligence, plus one charisma. If you choose, <laughs> like that can be your your sad increase if you choose that yeah. background. But like yeah, everything you else, can, you can basically get whatever. Yeah, you can change those. <laughs> yeah, so you're um, you don't get um, it's not tied to the race because it used to be it's like hey you're an orc that means you get two strength and one and <laughs> one stat and uh, one um. Yeah, which they were still trying to balance, so it wasn't like it wasn't like unfair. Some were probably better than others. Yeah, um, people would choose um, what what class or or what race are going to be based on their class. And, yeah, uh, and that's why they did that in Tasha's, where they said, "Yeah, I can just put it wherever," and that felt kind of yeah. weird. But having it directly tied to your background, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, like if you're if you're a soldier. Like it's recommended you get like two strength and like two in one whatever. Um, and it still remains to be seen if we get anything from being a class rather than a race. So yeah, we don't know what anything about the class. Well, if um, yeah. I mean the plus, like the normal plus two plus one, you have a character creation. Yes, I don't. I, I don't think they're going to give you more for picking a class. If this this is true. This is true. However, it will that that's generally where the proficiencies and uh saves and stuff come, come yeah. from yep um so they have so most of the races have a lot of new stuff as racials um we're not gonna go over them all the example they gave in the video is like dwarfs are getting a are getting tremor sense if they are uh, touching stone <coughs> oh that's nice uh things like that um some of them are sort of like re, re redefined and refined versions of stats that abilities they races already had. Mm -hmm. um, so you still get like stone cunning and whatnot. Yeah. Um, they also set out a couple of um, a glossary to kind of like explain some of the the new ways they're describing these rules. Uh, and there's a couple things I want to go over in that one. The the first thing I, the the thing we don't really have a lot of information on is that. Instead of spells being tied to classes, at least it looks like this. Uh, we don't. We won't know until they talk to release class stuff. But they are basically putting them into three different groups, which is arcane, divine, and primal. Arcane being the normal arcana that come from like wizards and warlocks and whatnot. Divine being the holy sort of magic that comes from clerics and um, clerics and uh, uh, paladins, and then primal being you know raw nature sort of magic coming from rangers and druids and whatnot. And it'll be interesting to see how that actually plays into things. They don't really describe it beyond this, beyond describing this is how they are uh, organizing them now. Well, from what they were saying, like, um, whenever they came, like, when they come out with Artificer, they had to make a feat that was like Artificer <laughs> um, Initiate or whatever, where you get, like, yeah. two Artificer spells. Yeah, and they say that just gets clunky when you get more. So now you think we like wizards, uh, sorcerers, and warlocks get just get arcane spells. Yeah, and um, like paladins and clerics will be divine. Yeah, and a then, lot of um, them overlapped anyway, but yeah, you know, this is just just cleaner. Well, I mean, like, uh, I mean, like a like a. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay, so they do overlap. I see mending in multiple places, so they're not exclusive yeah. to each, um, to each thing. They can have multiple. Oh categories. yeah, oh, I would say they they're overlapping on these ones as well. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So like mending yeah, is yeah, uh, arcane, yeah. primal, um, arcane and primal, and I don't have time to look through them all, but I'm sure there's a few yeah. others that um, overlap. Me message too. and yeah, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, but something like. Druidcraft is very like, you know, druidy and and rangery. Yeah. That's probably not going to be like an arcane spell. No, not at all. <laughs> and I wonder how that's going to affect uh, uh, scrolls. I wonder how they're going to change the rules for scrolls. Yeah. Well, I think scrolls was something that I like. It makes sense to me if you buy a scroll, it's saying you can use this spell once. Um, yes. But it's not like that at all. It's Correct. like you have to know how to do the spell in the first place, and if and it makes sense if you're a lower level, like it may fail on you. Mm -hmm. But like I don't know if I'm a warrior and I buy like a 
a fireball, a fireball scroll. Like in my mind, it's like this is going to let me cast fireball one time. the The idea behind it, as far as I can tell, is that it is not a use this. You get a you get a, a disposable spell. It is you have a way of casting a spell that you still need to have the know how to use. And uh, if you don't have it prepared. If you don't have it prepared or you don't have the spell, you'll be able to cast it. If it's a higher level spell, you'll be able to potentially cast it um, with drawbacks. It is a, you you get a bullet, but the bullet doesn't always work. Yeah. I mean, I get like how it works, but it's like when I first. Yeah, it's confusing. Scrolls, yeah. Um, can, is there, um, can you make scrolls? Like can a, a wizard yes. like make a scroll? Uh, wizards can copy stuff into scrolls. Uh, I think there are one or two other like subclasses yeah. or features that can do that. But yeah, you, there are you can scribe scrolls if you have uh, the ability to do so. Yeah, so you can like um, wonder if it costs a lot of gold, but like you can not prepare a spell, but write a scroll as a wizard and then have that scroll in case you. It, yeah, it definitely does cost money and stuff because it's supposed to be like magical ink and whatnot, and so, so you don't can't just keep buying free stuff. <laughs> I think certain cl- uh, subclasses of wizard can do it for cheaper. Um, yes. So, so that's interesting uh, with the spells. Um, one huge change, um, which they um, they said is gonna, you know, they're this is really in the testing phases. Like they want to see how it works out. Is uh, they're changing the way critical hits work. So let's back up a little bit from that and get to how, because they're doing a little bit more than that. They're basically combining. So in D&D 5e, there are three types of D20 rolls you make, which are saves, uh, saving throws, skill or ability checks, and uh, uh, attacks. And they are now basically, even though they were separate things, they're all essentially a D20 throw. And they're now all basically calling that a D20 test. They're basically putting them under an umbrella term. Uh, the main differences are that <laughs> so when they can say something affects a d20 test, it's going to affect it no matter what. So it's easier to keep track of what it is. Mm-hmm. They have also now codified. So rolling a one is an automatic fail. That was always a thing. But now rolling a, D2, a 20 is now actually codified as a success beyond the limitations of actual possibly doing things. Yeah, it's um, like I'm going to... I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna punch down a building. You roll yeah. twenty. <laughs> it's like you're not gonna punch down. <laughs> but uh, as anybody watching Critical Role would know, that an, rolling a d20 on anything other than a hit wasn't an automatic success. You could uh, basically roll a twenty, but you still get a twenty-three, and you need a twenty-five. Um, but that is now, at least in these test rules, uh, not a thing. It's now. Not only that, you also get inspiration, and we'll go. We'll we'll talk about inspiration next. So they're changing changing that a bit. But this is where the critical hits come in. I do, and, I do. Well, yeah, like um, I do like that uh, change. I think because I've I've definitely seen yeah. some things where it's like this is supposed to be practically impossible to do. It requires like a thirty strength check. Yeah, which can be possible, but it's really hard. Um, but it's I think it's exciting if you roll a twenty to like break down a stone door. Where, like, if you roll a crit, it's like, it feels it, right. Like, it feels like you should be able to do yeah. that. It, it's now that the DM just has to deem, is it's po- if it's possible, you can roll for it, because you could successfully, but they still deem if if it's possible or not. Yeah. Uh, although, it, I, I do want to say, if you go back to uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, there's something in the, the last chapter of the book, there's, like, a giant's door that uh, requires, like, a 70 strength to, to open. <laughs> they don't really elaborate on how it... They, they, it's not supposed to be possible to open it. They don't elaborate on how you could even reach a 20 if it's supposed to be, like, a, a group thing or not. Or a 70 if it's a group thing or not. They just say, requires a 70 strength to open. <laughs> well, um, I've heard Port of the Dragon <laughs> like, was written before the rules were finalized, and yeah, there's just yeah. a few things that are in there that, like, they... This make no sense because they're not they, the rules. They probably cleaned that up uh, when they did the re the re release of it because I think they re released the uh, the thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, like one of the one of the uh, main villains is half dragon, not a dragonborn. They are a half dragon. Those are a thing in the lore, but they're not really right. Clear. They didn't make them. You don't see them anywhere else. 
But yeah. anyway, back to back to the details. Well, it's because like when people play Dragonborn, like they always run with tails. It's like, nope, Dragonborn don't have tails. You're thinking of half dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll have tails now. I didn't read the do Dragonborns have tails or not. Anyway, but back to critical hits. So the big change here is that it is now only on weapon and unarmed strikes. And unarmed strikes have been changed a little bit as well. So magic attacks apparently do not get critical hits. Uh, which is the only other thing you can actually get a critical hit with, get with. So, but otherwise it is the same thing where you roll twice as much dice. You, you, you roll uh, twice as many dice. You don't double the dice. You actually roll twice as many dice as you would normal. If you are, don't have any dice with your weapon or unarmed strike, uh, then you don't do any extra damage on a critical hit. And the reason they put unarmed strike in there is because, um, like, monks... Uh... Use an arm strike for damage. Yeah, and t- tavern brawler. Tavern brawler. Um, and some races have unarmed strikes that are uh, uh, claws and whatnot. Yeah, like the um, Aarakocra can use uh, yeah, a, like a D eight for their unarmed strike with their talons. I think. Um, um, which is why they make good monks. Yes, <laughs> as that we know from uh, our upper. Yeah, they, have, they get stupid fly speed. <laughs> So the so yeah going going over to the unarmed strike though, um, so they've actually did this a little bit. So originally they had unarmed strikes as a, on the weapons table, and they quickly took that off the weapons table for mechanical definition reasons. It is not a weapon. It is not a weapon attack. It is an attack. Um, what they've done now they've separated it and they've actually cleaned up how grapple and shove work. So currently. What happens is that instead of making an attack, you can make a grapple or shove uh, attack, a special attack in replace of that. Um, and it can only be during your attack action as well. That's something I just realized. Um, so now what happens is that an unarmed strike is immediately attacked on the multi using your body, not necessarily your hands or whatever you have. You just use your body. Um, your bonus to hit is your strength modifier plus your proficiency bonus, which is normal. You are proficient currently in in arm strikes. Um, but when you hit, you have now have a choice. You can do damage, which is the normal one plus your strength modifier. You can grapple, which makes the target grappled and gets an escape DC. It is no longer a test. It is yeah. no longer a contest. It is just you grapple them. Or you can shove them five feet or knock them prone. Um, so before, if you wanted to knock someone down, you would basically do a, a test, a strength contest, like one person yeah. would roll a strength, other, and then you would roll a strength. Yes, and so now which I, it's, think, which I think makes makes sense. But this, I also like this. It's like if you hit a person with your fist, you have the option just to knock them prone or shove them back. Yeah, so you're just yeah, and and this is also interesting, as I just said before, that I realized that. You can do this on an opportunity attack, providing they still have them, or any other sort of like attack like that. You don't have to uh, do it during an attack action or as like a readied action. Yeah, and so I think that's can, uh, uh, it. Makes I mean, that someone makes... tries to run away, you can attempt to grapple them, according to yeah. how I'm reading the rules right now. <laughs> and the only other big thing, other than inspiration, oh, I have two big things. No inspiration. Uh, let's talk about that first. Yeah. No longer... Let me oh, go talk ahead. About it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm the one with the rules in front of me. <laughs> so, inspiration is something I always forget to give out. Um, <laughs> it's like, basically, Mark has to say, like, that was pretty good, how about they get inspiration for it? I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, they're gonna, and you can still do that, but um, they're gonna have more game mechanics for um, giving them out. And the big one is, if you roll a 20 on attack, on a save, on a skill okay. check... On a um, D20 test. D20 tests. It's a universal term now. Um, you're going to get inspiration. Um, and if you already... You can still only have one. So if you get a, a second one, you can now give someone um, the inspiration. Like a physical inspiration. You also lose inspiration when you start a long rest. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, that so that's, in, that's interesting that it says start, because that means if your long rest is re- interrupted, you've already lost it. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, they're talking about, like, they don't like people, like, stockpiling 
yeah. their, their uh, inspiration. It's like um, having a po- like a potion in, in Final Fantasy. It's like, yeah. well, if, if I can't use this Phoenix down now because I'm going to need it for the final boss fight, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, so, okay, I didn't know about the thing about the short rest, but yeah. like the entertainer um, feat will um, allow you to give inspiration during short rest. Um, I know they said humans. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I heard that uh, humans get inspiration at at the beginning of of a long of a at the end of a long rest too. So that's one of the things they're making it more of a normal mechanic rather than sort of a uh, award mechanic. And the DM can still award them. I believe I read that they're they're not saying they're not restricting that. Yeah. Although I would wish they, I do wish they do more hero points. I like hero points. Yeah, hero points are pretty good. They use that in Adventures League. It's basically... You, you, or you basically, use it in Eberron. You know, oh, no, just in Eberron. In um, Eberron's Adventures League, yeah. Yeah, and it's basically like a little Bardic Inspiration die yeah. that you, that you well, can use whenever. Um, yeah, and it is It is also... It is actually in the rule book in the DM's Guide. It's one of the like the optional rules in there. It's up there with like um, the, the Sanity. I think... No, the Hero Point rules, which I've never used. Because there's also Heroism like points. Oh, so, that, like that. so you can just use that in your games if you want. It's like you could, yeah, yeah. There's not. It's the rules are in there. It's, that wasn't just made up forever on D and D Adventures League. That was an actual thing. I was actually very surprised to, to find that out. <laughs> just no one uses it. Um. Yeah. So like, I like how you because it feels good if you get like a critical hit on an enemy. It's like you <laughs> not only do you do a bunch of damage or whatever, but you also get like inspiration from it, and it feels yeah. more special. Especially if you get a crappy double ones. Oh yeah, <laughs> on your roll. Yeah, I've seen like critical hits that just kind of whiff, and it's not very exciting. Yeah. But like if yeah. you get, you know, um, inspiration it feels good. Speaking of critical hits whiffing, um, they are uh, making again. This is all test material, but they they're gonna make it so um, creatures, enemy creatures, cannot crit. Yes. And they said this um, is mostly a lower level thing uh, because it is very possible when you're playing like Lost Minds of Fandel or um, for that bug bog, a bugbear boss to critical hit you and you're a wizard and your character dies. Just straight up, straight up dies. Um, and they said <laughs> it, it's just mostly a balance thing for the first few levels. Yeah. Um, like critical hits can still hurt at higher levels. Um, but I think they're adding more recharge mechanics to kind of make up for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's not covered in the um, stuff here, I believe. The, the, yeah. like, the Otters are kind of in some other stuff they, they released. Yeah, um, it was there uh, in the video. They just, like talked about um, critical hits. The uh, only other thing I would I have in here that I could talk about, other than the, the, that, are, that I find interesting. Uh, is that they have a couple of conditions in here because they put in conditions in the glossary that are related to just some things that occur uh, in the the feats and other stuff. And they only have three in here. They have the grapple condition, which is now stronger. Uh, Your speed is still zero. It can't change. However, you have disadvantage on attack rolls. And it kind of tells you how you are now movable uh, with difficult terrain sort of rules and how to escape. Um, because I always wonder, it's like, well, if you're grappled, like, do you have disadvantage? And technically, you don't have it on the person who's grappling yeah. you. Uh, but you can attack, if you try to attack other people, you're at disadvantage. Yeah, like, the idea is that you're just being held on, you're not necessarily being pinned at all. Yeah. So, the idea is that you just can move, you still have use of your arms. But they, it still kind of feels weird, so... Um, the other thing is that they have the incapacitated condition, and it is done in more of a rule name in bold and what it means, which is kind of nice to do that. But they also have, looks like they've codified uh, what essentially difficult terrain is with a condition for slowed. So limited movement, it's uh, one extra foot of movement for every foot you move, which is difficult terrain. Attacks against you have advantage and dexterity saves are, uh, you have disadvantage. So that's interesting that they've kind of like expanded that out to more like straight up codified rule set. Yeah, I think they said like if you're grappling someone, you can move as if you had the slow condition. Um, Yes. So so that means basically, you know, half movement. I don't think uh, rules against you have advantage and all that stuff. But but yeah, that's a brand new condition um, that they're going to have. 
and it's all the rules for it more or less kind of exist or can at least make sense. But it's like now they now they can just refer to it easily by saying here it is. <laughs> yeah, like for um, for the druid spell that puts all the thorns everywhere. Like they can say you have a slow condition if you're, you know, in it. I hope that means that like they will now easily be able to separate blinded with effectively blind, which is when you're in like uh, heavily obscured vision. You're not actually blind. You are effectively blind. Yeah, that's thing that they've talked about in the UA, I think. Like I said, this is just the first one. It's all playtest yeah. material. They're, they're going to be releasing stuff. They could change. Uh, probably A lot of it probably will change. We, we still yes. have a, at least a year and a half. Yep, and like they're, they have all the class stuff and <laughs> any combat rules they decide to change. But this is all basically character origin. And um, I think a lot of this is step on the right step in the right direction um yeah it's it's definitely improving uh the game without stepping too far away from what it is what makes it it yeah we should we should get bun to run uh an advanced D game for us and put that out here just see it just so we can see how how different the game was back then you're like um so what's your thaco and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, uh, I have to go to Thaco Bell. It's like, um, it's like, oh, my, th- my, my Thaco's 10. It's like, oh, no, you want low Thaco. Like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how, that's how it goes, is that the, the game just evolves. It's been, the original one came out, what, 70, 79, 75, something like that, late 70s? And it's just, uh, Kind of just evolved to this sort of more modern state. Mm-hmm. Like I am, um, you know how like the Sunless Citadel and Forge of Fury are like part of the adventure path and um yeah three point five. So I was like curious what comes after that, and um and those don't have official five E like um conversions, but like some fans have went and like converted the adventure to five E. So like I was looking at all these stats and stuff that existed in a. Uh, 3.5 and I was like man they just, they have a lot of stuff here <laughs> like that they've converted to like deck saves and all that stuff it's just like a lot yeah they, <laughs> they, they, they have a lot of stuff that was the onboarding thing everything is simplified I think the the only thing that kind of like I know because I didn't play any other editions so I don't know what we've lost to simplification but the only thing that, that seems to really stand out is that all shields are the same and I kind of want there to be multiple kind of shields. Yeah, you know? it'd be nice if there was a shield that like could be used as a weapon or shields. Well, that means there are shields that do things. Yes, um, and you can very easily um, put in a sort of uh, a homebrew kind of thing. Let's say this shield has an attack, but is only one extra AC instead of two. Yeah, I mean, like, why couldn't as a a fighter just like <laughs> do an unarmed strike with your shield. Like, well, you technically you technically can. You just don't get any. It's an unarmed strike. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, Un- unarmed strikes are really just whenever you are not using a weapon. You do have the shield basher feet, and uh, I, I want to say protector. I think that has to do with shield, or that might just be other stuff. But there are some things that happen with shields. But it's just still, it's just all are plus two, uh, unless they're a plus one shield or whatever. I just kind of well, like, you know, I mean, give me a difference between like a normal buckler and like a kite shield and like a big giant uh, uh, Roman um, Trojan, whatever the big, the big shield, tower shields. I mean, like maybe one offers like one more AC against like slashing or bludgeoning. Yeah. That might be kind of cool for like flavor. It's like <laughs> um, if you're going against like a big ogre with a mace, you have a shield that has a plus one against maces. Yeah. I can see that'd be cool. So so let's say I was just a basic ass like a fighter with a, a sword and a shield. Mm. Does that mean as a bonus action I can do an unarmed strike with my shield? You can't do it as a rules? you can't do it as a bonus action because it's just a normal attack. But if you have multi-attack, you can do an unarmed strike as an attack. But why would and you? Why would you? Yes, of course. But 
Well, because um, like, may- it's, it, but it's not like I guess it's not two weapon fighting. A a a, a shield right. wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a light weapon. Correct, and there's plenty of rooms there for like homebrew and stuff like that. Yeah. You can totally do. Yeah, I like would. I, said, I would love was, to see there's a one eight. Oh, there is a feat yeah. called Shield Master where you can like shove yeah. a person with a shield. Like yeah, that. you get like a shield mashing type thing. Um, I I would like to see maybe like a shield that's like one AC, but you you can just like let go of it. You're not holding on to it at all. Oh, like a <laughs> yep. Because if you, if you if you have any of those the the Young Adventurers Guide books, the little like books for like like uh, kids that are kind of like just explain things about the lore of the world with that are just like little encyclopedias, they talk about here's a whole bunch of different types of shields, but in the game. That's not true. They're all just a shield. <laughs> yeah, it's so like you be a rogue who has a buckler, so you get a plus one. Yeah, um, I know, like World of Warcraft, like way back in the like the alpha, uh, they basically had that. They had a buckler um, yeah. slot. Uh, they basically <laughs> got rid of it to be more like D anD D, where you just you know have a shield. But I, um, I guarantee, I guarantee that they simplified it from from earlier editions or even maybe playtest things where they said, "Let's just not worry about this. You have a shield. You just have extra armor. That's it. One less thing for characters to worry, players yeah. to worry about." Yeah, because if you know if you have a buckler that gives you one AC, everyone's gonna have a buckler. Yeah, <laughs> they would have to um, give you like. I don't know, they would have to, like, weaken your attack with that arm if you want to bounce it out or something like that. Right, right, right. But um, that sounds complicated, and they're not doing complicated anymore. It's, it's, well, simple, they, so, they, it's, it's simple so babies can understand it. What, what do you mean this is a game for babies? It's a game like for babies. babies. And, adult, and babies. And adult babies. <laughs> Critical Role fans. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> We probably won't do this for everyone, obviously, but um, in the future, like as these uh, come on, like I think it'd be fun to talk about some of the the rules, and maybe we'll incorporate yeah. this stuff into our games um, if you want to, like, see how it works. Yeah, I'd say once we once we get like class rules, like why don't we we could totally try out one of these games, and we can give actual feedback. Yeah, just do like a like the new uh, starter set or something, which is a couple levels with like the new. Um, like these new race rules or something might be fun. Yeah. Do you want to see us play games? You at home? Let us know. Leave a comment in the in in the the podcast. Well, guess what? Leave we're we're already playing games that no one watches. Oh, jeez! I yeah. watch them. Yeah. I like to remember what I did last game, so I can I can remember what what my players have done. <laughs> yep. Just don't watch. Um, if you watch the ones I DM, then like you can see the rest of the maps and stuff. Yeah, I have to I have to be careful of that. So <laughs> I've noticed that. I'm like, oh, I better just put it on the background. <laughs> yeah. I like um I don't really listen to them that often, but but sometimes I go back to episodes I like and try to find like certain moments. Yeah, it's a lot of times we have like a good moment that's just fun to fun to save, fun to hold on. Yeah. And again, if you want to listen to our DD games, you can go to uh legendaryfrog.com. And there'll be a link to uh, to Anchor, where you can listen to um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other, other places. Let us know what your favorite D and D race is. It's Cobalt. Don't put anything else but Cobalt. It is Cobalt. You do like Cobalt. I like. Cobalt. I mean, is that your favorite? Like, play is like your favorite race in D and D. Honestly, it is. It was my first real character for for Dungeons and Dragons when I started playing Adventures League, and he's my long uh, Magli, my Cobalt sorcerer. Is my long-running character um, that I haven't been able to play as often, but after playing them, like Cobalt's are the best. Love them. I do like them. I'm playing one, an artificer, but I'm not really playing like a Cobalt. Like I don't, I don't do a voice. I'm just basically playing as, as just, a, <laughs> as just myself being. And that's being funny. that's what the lineage rules are for. So yeah. you could do that. <laughs> and like, I probably should have made him like a a gnome or something, but um, I just had this idea for a. Uh, a kobold artificer for a long time. And so, uh, anyway, I think my, yeah. my favorite race, I don't know, I have a soft spot for the gnome, for a spring, it's the gnome that I made yeah. at the first game. Like, that'll be my first character, so. Probably what it is. Whatever your first character is, is going to be your favorite race because they were your best character. Although it wasn't really my first character, it was my first, like, serious character that I, that I followed. 
Yeah, the first character I played a campaign with was a uh, mousy in Dragon Heist. Yeah, because um, little, little ranking. A campaign, yeah, a campaign that we actually finished. And now he went into the Undermountain and died, probably. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> thing was like, I'm gonna go on adventures. Eaten by the 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 thirty foot gelatinous cube, two levels down. Yep, probably. But he had that plus two armor and everything that he got from. Yeah, that'll uh, help. That'll totally help. <laughs> that he got from, um, what's his face? Oh, yeah, I forget. Forget where you got that. Yeah, we got a bunch this of. This is why I gotta go back and watch it. But it's yeah. kind of anticlimactic when you get a bunch of loot, but you know you're not gonna play the character anymore. It's like, oh, cool, I got all this cool stuff. Oh, but I guess we're not, I guess the adventure's I think over. That, that's, the inc- that's the incitement is that you can, you can come back. Either you have a, your character retire. Yeah. Or you just bring them back, and they're like, okay, now I've got all this money, and what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. We were talking <laughs> about, like, what if we take the Dragon Heist characters into Spelljammer? Oh my god. Can do it. They're level five. Yeah. Can you can you imagine uh, uh, Bertrick in space? You can get around so easily with those long arms. <laughs> Simon. I, oh my god, what would Simon oh, do? Simon would... Have a heart attack. If he was but he would find it fascinating, you know. Yeah. He, he's basic. He would basically become the Spock. <laughs> He'd be like, "Oh, there's nothing around us. That is uh, terrifying." Rat King would totally turn into Commando Cody or Flash Gordon. Uh, Base Wraith would totally Bass Wraith. Bass Wraith. Base Wraith. They would totally turn into like just. I don't know. They, they, they would totally be their jam, no pun intended. Like, they would totally just probably just love it. Oh, we're in space! Oh! Right. oh I left my hammock at home, and I can't sleep on anything. Oh, I can yell into space and no one can hear me! <laughs> see oh, look at that giant space whale go by! Let's go oh, bother it! And we'll record my album in space! <laughs> Yeah, before the show, we we're talking about like we might do a spell jammer, um, in between yeah. these Eberron games or the uh, light of Zaryx, Zarya, yeah. Zaryx. I don't know if that's that, or gets like our own a third group and see who wants to play it. We'll find out, and we'll see. But I guess that's like all it. we have today. Thank you all. Um, yeah. how, how do we sign these off? I haven't been on this in like, like years. We say, um, say God bless. Amen. Oh, um, <laughs> blessed to yours. And okay. Uh, thanks everyone. <laughs> uh, listen to the D D podcast, please. If you, if you want to. And, um, yeah. And, uh, stay tuned for whatever's next. I don't know what's next. All right. Bye guys, everyone. Bye, bye guys. Bye. 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 That's how we ended very awkwardly. (laughs) Right, bye. That's it. We're done. Oh, oh my God. Finally, there.